0: Welcome to the Cool Girls Only Podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Jordan. And today's episode is very special. This episode was so fun to record and just ask Danielle all the real things about pregnancy. (laughs) Like, I know nothing. So it was very helpful. That was the takeaway of the episode, I feel like was I'm I'm not ready. I don't know anything. I'm not ready. Yes. The takeaway, (laughs) still not ready, but good to know. So Danielle is my boyfriend, Joe's sister. So she recently, I mean, I keep saying recently, like her kids are a year and a half old. So last year she had twins. And I'll say that because during the episode, I don't think we mentioned that she was not only pregnant. She was pregnant with twins, which is crazy. So she kind of just talked to us about her experience. She went through IVF, which is pretty intense. So we kind of just talked about all things and like pregnancy is really dependent on the person. Like your pregnancy can be so different from someone else's, but it was just really nice to hear like her experience and like, you know, things that made her feel nauseous and her trimesters were so different and just the little random things you don't really think about before. So we were trying to think of Rex for this episode because it's like, oh, we've never been pregnant. We don't have anything to recommend to you all. Which I actually had remembered while we were recording this. Actually, so there is a show called Have you heard of Master of None? No, I haven't. It's on Netflix. It's so good. You should watch it. It's actually like it's a good New York show. Um, but it the latest season. So it's season three, episode four, and it's pretty much like a very real look into like the IVF process. It's basically this woman, she is single and she really wants to have a kid, but she's like having issues with it. So she has to go through IVF and it just shows like how, how hard it is because I think she went through one cycle. It didn't work out and she had to go through it again. And like to decide, like, do I want to spend this money and do it again? And then have it possibly not work and because it's very expensive but it was just very interesting to see it's it's quite a process so that's that's the wreck for this episode well and I feel like we we talk about it a little bit in the episode but like there are so many more like shows and movies and there's so much more representation about like the journey of getting pregnant and like how there's always been this like false sense that you'll just want to have a baby and it'll happen immediately, which is the case. Sometimes like, you know, we don't know what our experiences will be, but there is so much more representation today than there used to be even just a couple years ago. I, yes, I agree. I feel like it's something so many people go through. Like I was literally at a happy hour on Friday and two of the people that were there were just talking about their process with IVF. And actually I got an update on our insurance at my work, and it said that they're now going to be covering three rounds of IVF in yeah. my insurance. Oh, I was like, "It's wow. crazy!" I know like, they're. It's like very common now, also to like. Oh, I don't know the term for this, but when you when you freeze your eggs, yes, yes, yes. Like my company offers to pay for that. Yeah,
1: it's like just it's, it's same, crazy.
0: Same now, it's kind of crazy that it wasn't covered before but now it is and whenever that may need to happen it's there which is nice yeah that's awesome that's really nice all right well let's get into the episode with danielle like most loyal listener. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. I mean, today's topic is something both of us are like, we don't know what's going on. Like I know nothing about pregnancy. I know nothing about having a child. So I think this is just a topic in general in your twenties that it's just good to know, know a little something before it happens. So I guess, could you just tell us a little bit about like what your experience getting pregnant was like? I know you went through IVF, so that's definitely something we would love to hear a
1: little bit about too. Sure. So like you said, we had to go through IVF to get pregnant. So we were dealing with infertility. One in eight couples actually deal with infertility, which is a higher statistic than I was aware of when I was in my twenties and thinking about having kids one day. So when we started trying to get pregnant, I mean, you just try, you're just like, oh yeah, it'll happen. All of our friends just got pregnant whenever you're told since you're little, like, oh, you're going to get pregnant. Don't, don't do anything. It's going to happen. And then it doesn't, Mm -hmm. and you feel kind of broken. But through that process, I think something that you might not know about are like something called ovulation strips. So you only ovulate during a certain time of month um, and that's when your egg is released. And that's the only time you're actually fertile and you can pee on a stick and it tells you like, hey, this is your prime time to get pregnant. And I think that's something that I was not aware of until I was trying to get pregnant. Um, So like after six months, if nothing happens, often the doctors recommend you trying that. And then, you know, we had to go through um, a reproductive endocrinologist, which is a fertility specialist. You're on a bunch of tests. Basically they couldn't find anything wrong with either of us. So we had something called unexplained infertility. which is kind of maddening because there's no rhyme or reason to why it's not happening. So their next step after a couple of months of a medicine to kind of amp up my egg production, where I would ovulate more than one egg at a time um, was something called interuterine insemination. We did that for a couple of rounds and then we moved to IVF.
0: Wow. What a process. How long was that timeframe from when you guys started, you know, saying we're going to try getting pregnant and then, when you found out you were pregnant? Um, three years. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't even realize it was that long. That's so crazy.
1: Yeah. So they have you try for at least 12 months when you're under 35, um, before they refer you to the infertility specialist or the reproductive that seems
0: seems like crazy. Like I, right. I mean, that feels like a long time to try and get pregnant I guess, I don't know. I wouldn't know, but it feels like if you know that it's not happening, why can't I talk to a specialist right away?
1: Right. And so that's kind of confusing too. She's like, Oh no, within 12 months, most people conceive." And you're like, okay, well, we're almost at 12 months. It's going to happen anytime yeah. now. Not going to buy any new work pants because I'm going to be pregnant next month. Not going to be able to fit in them. You start playing all those mind games with yourself too.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm sure like getting your hopes up every month and like, Oh, uh, it's so frustrating. So when, how old were you when you like, where
1: felt like you were ready and like you wanted to try? I think I was 28 or 29. Okay. I had the boys when I was 31.
0: Yeah. So like, like late twenties. Okay. Late
1: twenties. We've been married for a couple of years. Um, you know, we had built a house, we had done a bunch of traveling we're like, yeah, we're ready. Let's, let's go on to that next step.
0: Was it like a quick conversation? Like, did you feel like you both were like, you didn't really need to talk about it or did you guys like sit down and have a full on convo about this?
1: I think when we were ready, it was not a long conversation Yeah. just because we have good communication and we have been talking about it like all along. Like even when you're dating, like, Oh, do you want to have kids someday? Cause if you do mm-hmm. and your partner doesn't like, bye, like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So it's always been a conversation as we were getting married and talking about, okay, what's kind of next on our radar of things we want to do. I was like, okay, we want to have like a forever home. We want to get it over to Europe once or twice. And then, and then we'll talk about it. And when the time was right, it was right. Um,
0: Well, and I feel like you don't want someone to be shocked. Yeah. Like you don't want it to be a huge conversation almost because that means you're not communicating.
1: Right. That would be a huge red flag to me. If all of a sudden you're having a debate three years into America, maybe you should have a child or not.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's, it's just like aligning on the timeline. I think that's great. Yeah. You guys had like things you wanted to do before kids. So then it's like, once you hit those, you're like, okay, like we're kind of ready. It's just so funny. Cause um, Joe and I like talk about this all the time. Oh, Joe just got home from work. <laughs> um, like Literally the other day we were like, how do people have time for children? Like how, but I'm like great question, like, Maddie. I don't know. <laughs> literally. But also we're in such a different stage, like in life. And I feel like when you're, I don't know, we're like in our mid-20s and like just kind of focused on ourselves and like selfishly, you know, want to work on our career and other things. So I feel like I don't know, you you grow into that and you're like at, at a point you're definitely ready. I just need to keep reminding yeah. myself. <laughs>
1: I mean, it is always a shock whenever it does happen because it's a, ma- I mean, you know, for nine months this baby or babies are coming and then it yeah. happens, you're like, oh crap, like <laughs> this really is a lifestyle change.
0: Oh my God, seriously. So, so in general, like how was your experience with IVF and like a little like high level overview, like what
1: do you, what is IVF and like what did you have to do? Sure. So for IVF, we were so lucky because our first, embryo transplant took the first time. Um, So for IVF, first you have to go through a whole bunch of tests first, try a few other um, medical interventions. Um, And then to do IVF first, they have to harvest your eggs. So it's the same process. If you are mid thirties and you're like, I'm not having kids any soon, but I want to preserve my eggs. So when you talk about people like freezing their eggs, that's step number one for IVF. So you have a bunch of medication and you give yourself shots, um, which was so intimidating at first. So the first ones were just in my stomach. And then I started with like two, then you added a third one in, and then after two weeks you go and you have a surgery and they take this giant needle and they like extract the eggs out of the follicles. Then if you're lucky enough, you can do a fresh transfer, meaning that um, your husband or partner or whomever gives their sample, and then they like sort out like the best sperm and they take the sperm, they take the egg, they inject the sperm right into the egg, um, and then they let that develop in a Petri dish. Um, so that's best case. A fresh transfer can happen a few days after your egg retrieval. I had some complications. I had a situation called OHSS, which is why your ovaries hyperstimulate. So I was so swollen. So I was not a candidate for a fresh transfer. So all of my embryos got inseminated right away. But then they had to be fro- they had to be frozen um, because I my body needed to recover for a for a cycle before I was able to do a frozen transfer. So then they when I was time I had to take a bunch of medication. They put me into menopause actually. Um, oh my god! And then, which was yeah, that was wild. I had hot flashes and everything. And then they transferred the embryos in, and you add additional medication in. You have to take giant progesterone shots in your butt with this like giant, like three or four in- three inch needle, like two and a half, three inches goes in your butt every morning. And then you take that until 12 weeks of pregnancy to help sustain those little embryos along. What, a like, I don't know that I could, did Brian help you with the shots or did you do it? So a lot of, so once you kind of enter the realm of infertility, you find out like more people have gone through it and you make like friends in that like arena of, of life. And a lot of friends, like their husbands, like did them for them. Um, because of our opposite work schedules, I had to do oh, yeah. all of my stomach ones myself. Um, and then mm-hmm. he did ha- I was not going to do the ones in my butt on my own. Sorry. Some people do, there's no way. So he had to do no. those every morning. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that God. was, those were intense.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds intense. So then you got pregnant.
1: <laughs> then we got pregnant. And so then with IVF, when you go in through any infertility, you have a lot of early monitoring. It's like, if you were just to get pregnant tomorrow, The doctor wouldn't even see you until you're like 10 or 12 weeks pregnant. Um, But with IVF, you're being checked two weeks after they're implanted, which would be like that missed period that most people would have. Mm -hmm. And then you're checked at, so that's four weeks. Um, You're checked at six weeks, two weeks later, eight weeks, 10 weeks. And then you graduate somewhere between 10 weeks and 12 weeks to your regular OB. So
0: once you're pregnant, then you were like in your normal pregnancy, what would you say are the biggest differences like you felt in each trimester and like, was one easier than the other? Like, I don't really know what to expect from that.
1: And of course, like, keep in mind, this is different for every single woman who gets pregnant and then women can have multiple pregnancies and have different experiences. For me, the first trimester was by far the worst.
0: Oh no! I was
1: so sick. I was so tired and people say like, oh, you're going to be tired. Oh no. Like I'm talking, I would shut my office door at work, at lunch, close the blinds, turn off the light, make like a makeshift (laughs) bed, like on my desk and take a 30 minute nap. (laughs) Like forget eating. This girl needed to sleep. Sleeping on my lunch hour. (laughs) Um, It's like, that was a real thing. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to hide this pregnancy at work. I'm just like, oh, nope. I'm lunch. Shut the door. Um, Pretend I'm not there. Um, I was also so, so sick. Like, I'm talking like vomiting every couple of hours, every morning, like being in the middle of at at work working with someone and being like, Oh, I have to run real quick, and like sprinting to the bathroom. It was not good. Um, it was so hard, and I had wanted this for three years and I was dying. Oh my god, (laughs) that's
0: gotta be like so conflicting because you're just so excited for any woman, like. You're so excited yeah. and you have this amazing thing that's going to happen. But then in the moment, you're
1: like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I know. Uh, exactly. And you're so, and you're so like, oh, this is a good thing. I'm, I'm puking again. That means it's a strong pregnancy. It means I'm not going to lose them because one in four women experience miscarriage, too. So that's always in the back of your mind. Like you're pregnant. Yeah. It's taken however long it take, took, whether it was mm-hmm. one week or three years. And, you know, that stat of, you know, 25 percent of women experience miscarriage in some capacity. So you're like, Oh, nope, it's good. I'm throwing up again. That means they're sticking around. Um, gotta keep it positive. Those lunchtime naps were clutch. Yeah.
0: So the second and third were like better.
1: Yeah. There's a point during my second trimester where like all of my energy came back. I wasn't throwing up. I was no longer nauseous and I could actually eat again. Um, which is huge. Um, second trimester was the best. It was, like, I don't want to say carefree because I had a complicated pregnancy, but you know, I was doing prenatal yoga. I had energy. I was like starting to nest towards the end of my second trimester. And I was like planning the nursery and planning a baby shower and just all the things that you look forward to when you're thinking, you know, when you're thinking about getting pregnant. Everything you picture was the second trimester for me. Yeah that was the best.
0: How was like your dynamic, uh, with Brian when you were pregnant? Cause I seriously feel like when I'm pregnant, I will, <laughs> I'll be like, I'm not lifting a finger. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're Joe, you're doing everything.
1: <laughs> Joe better do everything.
0: He will. I was in the background eating his Chipotle. <laughs> he, like, has, he has <laughs> no <this> idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it was fine except for it's so funny. Cause like you're experiencing it. And your husband knows that you're expecting a child or children, but not in the same capacity that you are. Like you are feeling every moment of it, the smells. I had such smell aversion my first trimester. So like he was in the kitchen one day, like making chicken for like his dinners for the week at work. And I was like laying in the living room and I started gagging. I was like, No. You may not cook chicken while I'm home and this is not okay. Put it away now. I'm going to be sick. I'm going outside. And he's like, what in the world? Like, and, like he's like, that um, is, oh, this is, this is a bit dramatic. I'm like, this is not dramatic. This is real life. I'm going to lose anything I've eaten in the last hour. Put the chicken away. <laughs> yeah. I could just smell, I mean, cause your smell is so heightened, which is so weird.
0: Wait, that's um, so weird.
1: Yeah. So like that, I mean, that sort of thing was funny. In yeah. retrospect but at the time. He was like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making baking some chicken.
0: Oh, yeah. The changes in your body, I just feel like are so insane, like during that period. And I guess even after, but we can get in that into that in a minute. So like during pregnancy, how did your like diet, exercise, just like in general taking care of yourself change? If it did.
1: Oh god, yes. Um, it's almost laughable. I'm a super healthy eater and I like to exercise. Um, I could not eat a dang thing during my first trimester. So if I could eat some like peanut butter pretzels and drink some like ensure and some like energy, like protein drinks, I was doing great. So at that point it wasn't about how healthy I was being. It was like, am I, did I eat today? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Or, or crap. I, I need to try to eat something. Um, so it turned into almost survival mode in that, in that sense. It was so funny because my first few weeks I was eating so healthy and I was like, this is going to be so great. I'm eating these salads still. I'm having these protein filled smoothies for breakfast. Mm -mm. The moment that nausea hit, that was all out the window. Oh, that's so frustrating. And then with like exercise, since you're so tired, like honestly, going from the couch to bed was a workout. Uh, so I did not work out at all. Um. And then, like I said, that second trimester, I started doing some prenatal yoga and that was fantastic for like body, mind, spirit. And that's all I could handle. Yeah. I mean, some women are amazing. They're like doing full on workouts during pregnancy. Not me. I, there's no way in the world.
0: Yeah. I feel like that won't be me either. I feel like a nice walk or like mm-hmm. yoga for sure. I
1: yeah.
0: don't know. Like, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I guess pregnancy is different for everyone. Like, I don't know what I'll be doing, but.
1: And like, I was doing a lot of walks because we had the babies in May of 2020. So we got locked down in the middle of my pregnancy. So that was like daily walks to get out of the house and like keep moving. Yeah. And that was always really nice. But
0: did it feel like you were sick? Like, I'm trying to like imagine how tired you were feeling. Like, did it just feel like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I've had mono before and like, I could not get out of bed. Is it just like any movement you're, you just are done?
1: Yeah, I mean, you cannot. You can do zero movement and be done. You, I could just be like laying there and be like, I cannot go get a drink of water. Can someone please bring me water, Brian? <laughs> Brian, <laughs> <Please."> <laughs> yeah. like my dad got me a bell to ring. Like you need to ring oh the bell. <laughs> <laughs> not you see that, Maddie? <laughs> yes, that is so funny. Oh my gosh! And like how I felt like sickness-wise, Jordan. Think about your worst hangover ever in your entire life. Multiply it by about like twenty. And that's what it was like all day for me.
0: Right, right, and it's not just one day, it's no many it's, months. And there's it's, no
1: end in sight. Like then you start oh Googling, God. don't Google, it's the worst thing. And you're like, you could have this condition all pregnancy. It's rare, but it could happen. And you're like, oh, oh no, no, it's gonna happen to me. <laughs> but like, there's no end in sight. If I was like, if I could just know this would end in three weeks, great, I'll do it. But you don't know.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, seriously, like when I'm tired, I just like can't function. And like when you're saying, like, think of your worst hangover, like uh, when <laughs> yeah. I'm hungover, I am such a baby. Like, I do not get out of bed. I, oh my God. How do people like
1: go to work when they're pregnant? I don't know. I was like, this should be, a- I don't know. It's a miracle. And hide it because tr- most people are trying to hide it those 12 weeks. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. And that was really hard because you're exhausted. You feel like crap.
0: Literally. You're just pretending that you're fine. So when did you get pregnant? Cause I'm like, you had the babies in May of 2020. So you like, did you work, start working from home at a point during your pregnancy? Like for COVID? No.
1: Well, Well, I worked in a school system and we were not set up to pivot to remote learning. Like the business world was more set up to do. Um, So we just kind of shut down. So I was sending like packets home to my students Um, and I'm not a teacher, so I'm not like running a classroom. I work in a school in a different capacity. Um, so no, I was like doing that sort of thing, but it was really minimal. So it was just when COVID started Mm -hmm. and it's almost comical thinking about it now, because at first it was like, Oh, we're going to be shut down for three weeks. See everybody after spring break, you know? So it's like, okay, well, great. We didn't have to do anything for those three weeks. And then it was like, Oh, we're going to extend it another two weeks, just, just to be safe. And then it just, you know, never happened. Yeah. Um, and I had the boys eight weeks early, so I know I didn't touch on the third trimester a lot. It's just cause I only experienced it for a few weeks.
0: Yeah, true. It's just nice that you had like some time at home during your pregnancy and like not have to go to work. Like when I think about yeah. going to work pregnant, I'm like,
1: how, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately there was a lot of, horrible things that were, you know, came out of COVID being while I was pregnant and then a lot of good things. So, I mean, I didn't get to have a baby shower and I had waited for years to have these babies and then I couldn't even celebrate really being pregnant in the way I wanted to be. So that was really sad. Um, It was almost like I wasn't pregnant, you know, to coworkers and stuff because I left with a a bump, but not like full on pregnant like I was before I had them. So it was good because I could rest. I laid around, I relaxed, I watched a bunch of crap TV and those were all super positive things.
0: Yeah. Who's I Was mean, also husband Ryan, who, in the room with you when, when you delivered when, the twins?
1: Yeah, but he was not allowed in most of our doctor's appointments leading up okay. to it. So that was another negative of COVID. I had um, a high-risk pregnancy. So I was seeing a specialist every other week. And he was not allowed in the appointments at a certain point. Like, nope, sorry, because of COVID, he can't come in. And that's hard. I would have an ultrasound every appointment. So he got to miss out on all of that. But he'd come and, like, sit in the car, like, read a book. And, like, I mean, he couldn't do anything. We'd FaceTime or, like, phone with the doctor um, when he came in to talk about how it went. But, like, you're you're helpless. It's, and that's a really lonely feeling. Yeah. And then when I was admitted to the hospital to deliver them, he was not allowed in until I was in active labor. So I was in there two days before they were going to induce me. You were just by yourself? Just hanging and in this tiny little room. And I was like, hey, like, can I go for a walk? Because, you know, like, I don't know, walk the hallways. You see that in movies, right? Like, people are pregnant. They're walking around. <laughs> and she's like, oh, <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, you can walk. I was like, great. I can go in the hallway. She's like, oh, no. Due to COVID, you have to stay in your room. Like, this is a prison cell. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm not going to get up and pace around this bed. I will just sit here on my butt. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, that would be so difficult. I cannot imagine that. Like, yeah, at all. Was super
1: stressful. It was super stressful, but we made it. Yeah. I would even like send, like, even if your spouse is there, at least you can like send them for like decent food. Right. Like you're just stuck eating the hospital food at that point, because what are your other options?
0: That is nasty. I feel like I remember you guys sending us photos of the food oh, from the hospital. Yeah, I did that.
1: Yeah. And I said, what do you think is better this meal or the meal served at jail tonight? Like <laughs> literally <laughs> everyone it looked, take a vote. It looked like
0: really disgusting.
1: Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but that's all right.
0: That's okay. Oh, so you finally had the babies and we are kind of just wondering like, what is something you wish you knew before you were
1: pregnant or like gave birth or both? Oh man, I don't know. It's so hard because I don't know. You don't know until you know, until you go through it. I would say expect the unexpected. I feel like you you can start with an ideal picture of how things are going to go. Um, I ran into a lot of complications through the process. Um, so I wish I was always aware that those would ha- those could happen, but I didn't like think that they'd actually happen to me. So that was one thing I wish I kind of knew. And I just wish I knew how exhausted I would be the whole time. Like maybe I would have. I don't know. I don't know what I could have done differently. I was just gonna ask, what would you have done? (laughs) Prepared nothing. There was nothing I could have done. But I was just so unprepared for how exhausting like doing a load of laundry would be.
0: You don't drink coffee when you're pregnant, do
1: you? Or can you? Um, you can. It depends. Some doctors tell you not to. Some say you can have like a certain amount of like caffeine per day. I did not. Um, I don't want to jinx or like risk anything extra happening. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's just me, my own, like, you know. No, it makes sense. But yeah, we I have friends who do drink coffee throughout, and doctors say you can. It just depends.
0: How could I give up coffee? I don't know. But so many things you you're supposed to give up. Weren't Maddie, weren't we looking at a list or something? I'm trying to think. Maybe I feel like we were. we were definitely looking at a list of things that you're not allowed to like consume during pregnancy. And there were a couple that surprised me.
1: Like lunch meat is one that you don't think about. Yes. Yes. That was, yeah, one of them. that's interesting. Yeah, like like the you nitrate- have to like
0: cook it or something.
1: Yeah. Because like the nitrates it. in it or something. So you have to like, supposed to like nuke it in the microwave before you eat it, which, which at that point, why bother? Like, yeah.
0: That's moving gross. On. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so crazy. I yeah, you don't think about a
1: lot of things I guess and like or like you have allergies and all of a sudden your allergies are flaring up. Can you take allergy meds? Nope. Wait like there's what? so many like- why not? <laughs> because it can affect like it can affect the baby because so whatever goes into your body goes into their bloodstream.
0: yeah you have literally so much to learn we, are <laughs> we like have like so a- right now <laughs> we have So we have time. we have time. This is why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah but you don't yes. need to know until it
1: happens. Yeah, that's true. And then you're just inundated with information.
0: Exactly. And you just kind of learn along the way. I feel like, you know, you do, you definitely do. Do you like wish you would have seen like a fertility specialist earlier or like known what was going on? I feel like the topic of IVF and like fertility issues is just like I feel like I'm going to have fertility issues just because literally it just seems like everyone does when you get past a certain point. And I don't know if it's because people are waiting to have kids later or like what the issue is, but like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I want to check things out early. Like that's even possible.
1: Um, I think I would have wished I would have looked into it earlier if they had found a actual cause for infertility but they never did. And after so many tests, it's like you can either keep paying a ton of money because insurance does not cover this um, to get these tests done, or you can pay a bunch of money and just do IVF and work towards pregnancy. So at that point you have to we had to make a decision and why should we figure out the reason if we're gonna have to do IVF anyways? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for people who are maybe masking symptoms of infertility set so things with like birth control and stuff, and if that was, would have been me, then yeah, I would, I wished I would have looked into it sooner. Cause like I have, you know, you have friends who go on birth control at like really young cause they have like really, really heavy, painful periods. And like the doctors don't go to the, find the root cause of it. They're just slapping you with some birth control. It's masking your symptoms and calling it a day, mm-hmm. or maybe they have endometriosis and maybe that's going to affect their fertility. And maybe they don't even realize that until they go off birth control when they start trying to have kids. Um, And so if that was me, yeah, I wish I would have, would have known, but since we have still an unknown reason, me knowing wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's just so in a really good way. It's talked about a lot now. Like, I feel like in the last few years, a lot of women have come out, like having open conversations about infertility, about miscarriages, like about how long it took them to get pregnant. Like this is extremely common like you've just told us on this call so it's important that we have the conversation maybe that's why you know Maddie and I feel like it's happening to everyone but it's like it's always yeah. been happening to a lot of people we just yeah. haven't known about it you know you watch movies and someone just like misses a period and it's like oops I'm pregnant and that's <sighs> it and you like get the yeah. overalls that's like not- let's go Yeah
1: and it's funny because you know that and it is IVF is in more shows now I think we were watching a show the other night and I forget what it was they're talking about IVF I was like ah there it is again like how exciting how cool so it's nice to see it being mainstreamed more because it is so common um and I've had two friends go through actually recently so it's been nice to be that support system for them I will say on the flip side though like you still can just get pregnant like we had a friend who knew me and then somebody else who had done IVF and um, she was like, oh, this is going to take a while. It'll at least take a few months. We should start trying. Um, and and it so was like immediate. it was immediate. And she, they were like, oh, it won't be immediate. Like, we'll be good. And they had already booked tickets to go to Germany for Oktoberfest. And oh she ended up being like 16 <laughs> That's my weeks future. pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she was 16 weeks pregnant at Oktoberfest. Like, so grumpy because, you know, she couldn't drink. And like she loves beer. And this is why they planned this trip. But, like, because everyone around her and it was becoming more, you know, Mm -hmm. in the media about infertility. She's like, oh, it's going to take us a while. Let's just start trying now. And then she was pregnant, like, that month. That's
0: crazy. I mean, yeah, it's different for everyone, truly. Like, you just never know until, I guess, you start thinking about it and trying. One last question about pregnancy. What was your favorite thing about being pregnant?
1: I loved feeling them kick. There was nothing better than feeling them like move around and kick. And like, I had two of them in me. So like, I knew where Donnie was. I knew where Leroy was and I could like, Oh, baby A, baby B. Cause we didn't have names for a while. Like you could, I could tell which one, one it was. Um, and that was just the coolest experience. When you first feel them, like, you don't know if you're actually feeling a baby. If you have like a gas bubble rumbling in your belly, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like you figure out like, Oh no, like that's the baby. Um, so that Was, definitely was it like my... comforting
0: to feel them move yeah. inside you? Okay.
1: It really was. Cause like we had a couple of scares. So like to every time you felt them and the doctors always ask you like, okay, how many times are you feeling them a day? Cause it's an indication of a healthy pregnancy too and healthy babies. Like we actually went to the lion King musical right before the world shut down and the boys loved every single song. <laughs> and I was, I don't know, like 20 weeks pregnant then maybe more. And so maybe like 25 weeks. And, like, every time a big musical number came, they both, like, kicked and, like, punched, like, crazy. And they still love the soundtrack to this day, which is pretty cool. That's one of my favorite memories of That is
0: so crazy. I, like, truly cannot imagine what that feels like. I would just absolutely freak out. I feel like I would panic. I feel like I would feel it. And I'd be (laughs) like, like you said, like, did I just eat, like, a sandwich? Like, what's (laughs) what's happening? You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you your pregnancy evolves and you can, like, literally, like, see
1: them like
0: moving around in you it's crazy you can't
1: like I would spend some evenings just like recording my stomach because like all of a sudden you would just see like you would just see this like hand or this like foot like just kind of like push against. you could tell what body part it was or be like a head you could like like, pushing out of your stomach (laughs) and I just really wanted to document that because I thought it was so cool yeah yeah it's kind of like alien-ish but it's it's awesome it's it's really comforting it was so cool
0: Oh, oh my gosh. So crazy. Like I yeah. can't even imagine this was super helpful. I feel like just knowing like your experience and what you went through and like everything is just super helpful and like insightful to just know what the process is and like how you felt. And clearly you were, you did not have a good first trimester <laughs> and like no, how, it, did not. <laughs> how it can differ for everyone. So yeah, super interesting. And thank you so much for sharing your pregnancy journey with us. You're welcome. We do have one final question. Jordan, do you want to take it away? Ooh, yeah. This is like a new question we're now asking guests cuz we want yeah. to have like a running question. <laughs> <laughs> so Love you're it. the guinea pig, you're the first. So oh, great. Um okay, so what is the biggest lesson from your 20s that you can share with the cool girls only listeners?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I love that you're asking all of your guests that. Um, My biggest advice for women in their 20s is to advocate for yourself because only you know what you want and need. So that could be in so many different arenas of your life. So in your personal life, advocate for you what you want at home. Do you need better balance between like division of labor with like the chores at your house? Like let your partner know that. Um at work, is your workload too much? Do you need to hire on an assistant to help you with that? Like, advocate for yourself. Let your boss know that. Um, and then, like for your own health, are you at the doctor and they want to go a certain way with a treatment or with a medication? Advocate for yourself. Reach out and ask questions and don't be afraid to pivot away if you need to. so that could be pivoting to go to see a different doctor for a second opinion or pivoting to get a new job for a career. So, My biggest piece of advice is to just know what you want and then advocate for yourself and go after it.
0: I love that advice. Yes, it is. I love that. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date on everything for the Cool Girls Only podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Cool Girls Only Podcast. And you can sign up for our monthly newsletter at CoolGirlNews.com. All of our information is linked in the show notes. We would also love to hear any topics you're interested in or any guests that you think would be a good fit for the show. Feel free to send us a DM on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time, cool girls.